Welcome to the Inside Job Boards and Recruitment Marketplaces podcast. I'm Stephen Rothberg, the founder of College Recruiter Job Search Site. At College Recruiter, we believe that every student and recent grad deserves a great career. And I'm Peter Zolman, founding principal of the AIM Group, the leading global business intelligence service for marketplaces and classified advertising companies. We consult with recruitment marketplaces companies and publish AIM Group recruitment intelligence and a free weekly digest. We also host the annual Global RecBuzz Conference. This is the podcast for you to learn more about how to create, manage, and work with general, niche, and aggregator job boards and recruitment marketplaces. Well, Peter, it is great to be with you today, especially because we've got a guest who I think is going to really knock the socks off of listeners. He's somebody that I have known um, since I think 1862, <laughs> might have been 1863. Back in our 30s. Yeah, it, yeah exactly. It's been, it's, been, it's, it's been a long time. Our paths keep crossing. And somehow he's forgiving enough that he's willing to talk to us. Um, but uh, Peter, are you as excited as I am for this? I am looking forward to it because you have told me he is, I'm taking away from your scripted intro, but you told me he <laughs> is the Indeed Whisperer, and mm-hmm. I sure as heck want to find out more about that. You want to go ahead and introduce him? Yeah, yeah. So today's guest, as you said, is known as the Indeed Whisperer. He is Jim Durbin. His formal title is a director of recruitment marketing, and he works for a recruitment process outsourcing company, RPO, um, called PSG Global Solutions. They support staffing and recruiting companies. And he says he's been in the industry for over 20 years. He doesn't say how much over. Maybe he'll share that later. But, uh, But Jim, a.k.a. the Indeed Whisperer, welcome to the Inside Job Boards and Recruitment Marketplaces podcast. Thank you, and uh, hello, Stephen and Peter. Well, we're glad to have you. Stephen kept telling me about this Indeed Whisperer guy. Tell us what that means. Um, I'm a huge fan of branding. I used to be called the social media headhunter. I don't do that anymore, so I had to come up with something new. And five years ago, I shut down my marketing business and went inside to manage sourcers. I started teaching them how to use Indeed Resume, and then they started giving Indeed advertising. And over the last five years, I just know Indeed so well. I used to make so much money off of them as a headhunter. Now they, through all their iterations, I, I just, I feel like they're a little horse that I just whisper down. So we started looking at our campaigns and looking at our numbers and they're, they're so unbelievable. I had to come up with something for it. Like nobody believes me until I show them and they want to know what my tricks are. And the question is, is it a parlor trick or is it just understanding how indeed works? So it's, it's tongue in cheek. It's a little ridiculous to call yourself that. But I figured, hey, you know what? Be bold. Makes me work harder. And I do understand the systems. And boy, do we get some good results. So that's why we're brave enough to say it. Okay. So talk to us about Indeed. What does it do right? What does it do wrong? How would you improve it? And one or two quick secrets to using Indeed. Well, the first thing is um, what Indeed does specifically. Obviously, they're moving to their cost per application. Um, the things they do right is they're the biggest in the industry. They have the largest organic traffic. They spend a lot of money driving people to their site. Their model um, in the beginning is superior. The pay-per-click model wins at the early stages. Um, they've definitely taken advantage of that when they started scraping data and then started doing pay-per-click. That was just guaranteed win. 
as we can see from Google and Marketplace. The problem is they're so big now. They're like 19,000 people, billions and billions of dollars. I don't think they necessarily know who they are. On the one hand, they want to fix the hiring process. They still want to grow in sales. They want to change the way we do things. And they don't communicate it well. Um, for, for better or worse, a lot of us are dependent on them. And when they make big decisions and don't don't necessarily, they're not clear about that, they're not communicating to us, it can be devastating for your budget. And then you just shut it and you go elsewhere. So that's the biggest issue. One of the things I love about Indeed is they have reduced their mission to a great, great, sim simple statement. We help people find jobs. And that pervades everything they do. Uh, I noticed just the other day in AIM Group Marketplace's report that they uh, put out a manifesto, maybe too strong, but put out a, a manifesto that says in the next five years, they want to have the time it takes to find an employee, not through Indeed, just find an employee and, and double the uh, efficiency in recruitment and finding and, and all talent acquisition and all that stuff, uh, primarily through automation and AI. But I will turn it over to Steve to ask you about what your ideas on are on job board sources. Yeah. So, you know, one thing about Indeed is we've, we at, at College Recruiter, we've been working with them almost since the day they launched. So, um, I, I'm not a, by any stretch of the imagination, an anti-Indeed person. I, I like a lot of what they do. Um, no organization is perfect, of course. But Jim, I'm I'm sure that you would agree that for as dominant as Indeed is, and the the generally the really good results that employers get from there, that there are other job boards out there, and so. When your team is looking at what job boards to use, aside from Indeed, um, what are you guys using and, and why? It's a great question because I'm obsessed with, I, I do like Indeed. and some people think I don't because I call them out for things. But um, the challenge is I don't like anybody owning everything that I do. Their site's gone down, integrations break. And you can't, if, if, if you're stuck using one source, they raise their prices, you can't do anything. And you're never going to make changes if you're getting on that cheap traffic. So I'm, a, I'm obsessed with making sure that if something goes wrong, I have split my tech stack. So my ideal source is no more than 50% from Indeed. Um, and then the, the next biggest player is ZipRecruiter. You should be getting 10, 15% of your stuff. And of course, it depends if you're looking for developers or engineers or warehouse workers, but especially for high volume, which is what I primarily work in. I want 15, 20% from ZipRecruiter. I want 10% from my database and from my career site. We're a staffing firm, so career site's not going to have a lot of traffic. But I want to drive some stuff from Google for jobs from that. So I have to set that up. And then there's the, the rest of the constellation is social media and other job boards. And the challenge with those is we do integrations um, because I, I want that click to turn into an apply. I don't want to send traffic to my website and lose 70% of it, um, which is apparently good. Apparently 98% or 92% are losing. I lose 66% and 66% it loses me. It leaves me up at night. So I, I split that 50 Indeed, 15, 20 ZipRecruiter. And then right now I'm using, um, you guys know Kelly from Broadbean, Kelly Robinson? Oh, He's yeah. He's got a new product called Job Splice. And so well, you can use programmatic, like your AppCache, your Pando, your agency, or something like that, which will cover 10,000 job boards. Job Splice lets me 
connect to all those job boards. It's like a manual programmatic for me. So I can pick talent.com and Azuna and others and run campaigns that are integrated into my system without just driving traffic. So for us, I, I, I don't like to drive traffic unless it's an applicant. So I split that up. And when something goes wrong, I can immediately port over to another place that's already there. Everybody's good. And uh, I didn't lose 50% of my traffic for three days because my integration was down. Fair enough. Pay-per-click, duration, pay-per-application, and pay-per-hire. Which do you like? Which do you think is going to be the dominant method in the future? And how does that impact quality? It's a timeline. You start with duration. So, so for, the, for the rest of the crowd, duration is pretty simple. That's 30 days. I pay $2.99 a monster. I put a job up and people apply. And that worked great in the beginning. The problem with this is that there's so many applications that go through that you're really only looking at the first applications and the last ones. It's just luck because you're not paying attention to the middle one because there are too many. And if you have the job up and you want it, want it longer than 30 days, now you have to refresh it. Eventually, everybody's refreshing their jobs and the standings become ridiculous. So you move into pay-per-click, which is a great model because instead of, say, 300 bucks for 30 days, here's two cents a click. Five people click on it. That person comes to your website. You get a hire for 30 bucks. And if you need 10, you just do 10x, 10 hires for 30 bucks. And the first days of pay-per-click, it's a fantastic deal for people who have their stuff together. Over time, those clicks get more expensive. And when you don't have a growing population like we are facing, now you move into the third stage, which is per application, where you have to start thinking about terms of quality. The, the, the great thing about pay-per-click is that everybody clicks and everybody's happy. And if 10% of the people are there, you get your hire. On application, you have to improve your conversions and you have to prove a quality of both the clients, the employers, and the candidates because you have a lot less applicants at a lot higher cost. But it... it it's going to all go to application regardless of what anyone's going because that's the smart thing to do long term. Yeah, I, I agree. I do think that the the industry, both from the, the customer side, whether it's a staffing company, a direct employer, or another job board buying traffic, as well as from the vendor side at the job board or the recruitment marketplace that's selling that traffic, that we're all moving eventually to more of a paper applicant model right now it's i think it's pretty heavily dominated in the u.s by by duration based and pay-per-click and overseas it's it's still mostly duration based we'll be back right after this break do you love news about linkedin indeed google and just about every other recruitment tech company out there hell yeah I'm Chad. I'm Cheese. We're the Chad and Cheese Podcast. All the latest recruiting news and insights are on our show. Dripping in snark and attitude. Subscribe today wherever you listen to your podcasts. We, we out. Welcome back to the Inside Job Boards and Recruitment Marketplaces Podcast. I'm wondering what your thoughts are about moving towards that paper applicant basis and and the you know what what do you think that's going to do to the advertisers budgets and their campaign strategies well a lot of the job boards are currently doing that and there's a skilled trade job board that we do that where they charge us eight dollars per applicant and they wanted to raise the price because if you only have a thousand applicants coming to your website You've got, to, you've got to parcel it out to different people. So you just raise your prices. You don't care 
where the prices are as long as you sell every one. So those CPAs continue to go up. But the problem is, is the quality issue. How do you, with high volume, it's different than enterprise, it's different than small business. I don't see how you can manage a cost per application unless you have absolute clarity into everything from the first click all the way to the higher. And a lot of companies, I would say no companies have a perfect record of that. So how are we possibly going to figure out what that application is? So there's a lot of pain to come from that, but it's probably going to force some good changes because the whole the whole point of the um, of doing it of doing the pay per click is cost. If cost gets high enough that I can start paying individual recruiters to sit and talk to people, I don't need the applications anymore. So all CPC was was a way to cut cost. Long term, it's cheaper to do that than having individuals do it. Now that we're a paper application. Eh, our models aren't set for that. Our agencies aren't set for that. There's going to be a lot of pain, but ultimately it'll be better for everybody involved. Yeah, and speaking speaking of a lot of pain, there's a lot of there's a lot of pain in in, in the marketplace right now. That you know, during in, in the fall, Indeed announced that in during 2023, not not as of January 1st, but at some point in 2023, all of the advertising that it'll be selling will be on a paper application basis. But then it sounds to me, and, and Jim, I think you're probably a big enough Indeed customer that you're hearing more details from them than perhaps a lot of listeners are. It, from what I've been able to gather, what Indeed is talking about are when it hosts the application page, when the candidate sees the posting on Indeed, clicks the apply button, completes the form, that's an application and the employer or staffing company, RPO, whatever, is, is going to pay for that application. But for the employers that require the candidate to apply on the ATS, which many do, it's not a completed application on the ATS that you're paying for. You're paying for the click to the ATS. And at, at College Recruiter and at some other sites, we refer to that as, as an apply click. Is, is that what you're hearing or are you hearing different things? So I'm hearing a little different. And again, I don't think any of us have perfect knowledge unless we're at Indeed. First of all, it's alive already. If you go and try to start a small business and sign in for an Indeed account, you're going to get application pricing. Yes. Their goal is to drive it there. You're sitting there and you pick which applicants you want. The ones you interview are the ones you're paying for because you're inside their system. A larger company, the enterprise, can't do that because we're not going to send all of our time inside the Indeed application, which is what they're looking for. So for them, they'll switch and they'll have some type of integration for CPAS, it's called, cost, um, POSPER, apply start, which would be, did they get into your application? Because we're also, the third-party cookies are going away for Google. So on-site analytics are going to matter a lot for people. And I don't think we have a good understanding of that in our industry. But uh, the CPAS is, CPAS is going to be some type of integration where if I, I can bulk upload the candidates I didn't like and mark them as not applicants, then I get credits back. So companies will be incented for cost reasons to build their integrations out so you can mark yes or no, which means you have to mark yes or no on everything that you do. And then they'll judge you on speed, how often you do it, the same kinds of jobs. It'll all go into that algorithm to determine what your pay is, which it's going to be dependent. That's going to be the hardest part. They're going to set it by application and do they get it right? It really takes away people like me who do a good job with campaigns it kind of standardizes the field. It's like salary bands. So in general, we should see less, but there are some people that are going to have extreme pain. And then the question for the rest of us is always, 
somebody's always coming up with something that's supposed to stop us from saving money. We'll see how whispery I am at that point. <laughs> the Indeed Crier. I may turn into the Indeed Crier at some point. Yeah, well, you're the whisperer and the crier. Um, one quick story, and then I'm going to ask you about uh, uh, ultimate, ultimately whether we'll ever get the cost per hire. Uh, at the AIM Group, we use a lot of freelance uh, writers and analysts. And in order to see whether they can follow instructions and whether they can write, we require don't click the apply button. Instead, send an email with a cover letter and include your resume in the body of the email too. And let me tell you, the number of people who don't read that far into the, into the ad is staggering. Number two, uh, you know, the number of people who just hit apply and are done with it. Number two, um, you know, what will indeed say when we want to require people to write a resume, uh, write a cover letter and incorporate their resume and last but not least, they require a uh, range, salary range. Well, we recently posted an ad. Um, and depending on where you are in the world and depending on who you are and the experience, we'll pay anywhere from 20 to $60 an hour, um, which is, you know, no range at all. Number one and number two, everyone who comes in is going to want to get the $60 an hour, which is absurd because they're, you know, you almost have to be the purple squirrel to get the 60, to get to the $60 an hour. So we face some challenges with Indeed. Uh, we've used ZipRecruiter and I like them pretty well too, uh, but we'll see over the next six months to two years, how it evolves. Eventually, will cost per hire come to pass? Because for me, although we don't technically hire anybody, they're, uh, they're independent contractors, but even so, eventually, will cost per hire come to pass, Mr. Durbin? I, I don't think it can go that far. And the reason is you just need to look at Google and Facebook. What the changes that are happening from them. So we're just like a little cousin of marketing when it comes to these things. CPC and CPA are models that make sense. CPH is a process that changes. So the idea that a company would ever take responsibility for another hire, that's that's not, it's not, I, I don't see how a model like that works. Now there may be hybrid people who, like if Indeed started its own flex hire like it did before and that really took off, if Indeed changed to a staffing firm, they would do it. But job boards and uh, and programmatic advertising and all that, those models don't for, work for cost per hire. Um, and they're not going to get to that point um, long term because you have to share all of your data. We don't know what a good hire is right now. We can't define quality internally yet. How are we possibly going to put that in the recruiting process? Most people don't know their true cost per hire. Like They don't count six managers. They don't count the hours that those people take prepping and doing the interviews for that. That's a true cost. They're not putting in their tech stuff or engineering. Those are all put in different silos. So being able to come up with a true cost per hire would require us to have such good knowledge of the data. I don't see it ever happening. 
somebody may try it, they're going to crash and burn pretty hard because they're they're um, guessing that number, like the salary transparency, guessing that number is very dangerous. Um, I imagine there'll be a lot of lawsuits about the salary transparency. I'm not a big fan of it, but I much prefer Indeed doing it than government doing it. And I think companies should do it because it's the right things to do. It scares me when government does it because you just never know the consequences. But um, if you don't put the number in, Peter, they'll put it in there for you based on what they've seen before. Now you have a problem of titles. You've got a problem of regions. We all loved uh, free trade for 30 years, but we don't realize that free labor is part of that. Why should I pay you differently because you're in San Francisco when I can get the same thing if I put someone in Moldova? I mean, that's, those are big questions, and I think they'll be decided by politics instead of our models. But, um, I mean, it's good. At least we're talking about it finally. Yeah, and, and Jim, I, I agree. I, I think the it's not that pay-per-hire won't exist. It does exist, and it has existed for a long time. That's called executive recruiters. And um, that doesn't scale well for most organizations because for most for most roles in most organizations because the costs are just so high. Yeah, but, RPO uh, does cost per hire. Yeah. Yeah. And but it's the whole it's the whole shebang. <laughs> it's not just the advertising. Right. And and it's, you know, there's there's no free lunch. And if you want to you know, if you want to essentially outsource a huge amount of of the recruiting function and save yourself a lot of money, great. You know? Call Jim. Um, he he works for a company that is more than happy to help you with that. Um, but Jim, thank you, thank you so much for um, joining us today, sharing um, a little bit of your wisdom about indeed the the job board market, different payment models. Um, for for the listeners who want to learn more about you, um, how should how should they reach you? LinkedIn's the best way. Um, I spend most of my time on that. I've shuttered my blogs. I reopened a Twitter account, but we'll see how that goes. I wouldn't send people there until let's see what happens in a couple of months, right? <laughs> let's wait. Let's see if it works or doesn't. Um, that'll be an issue. But LinkedIn, just look for Jim Durbin or search the Indeed Whisperer. You'll pull up a bunch of podcasts. For the listeners, that, that it is, uh, it's Durbin, D-U-R-B-I-N. Peter, any closing words? I hope they can find him on LinkedIn. I'm sure there's more than one Jim Durbin, but they're probably most, most of them probably spell it with an A. So D-U-R-B-I-N and S-T-E-V-E-N. Have a good day. Thank you all. (laughs) Thank you so much, guys. Inside Job Boards and Recruitment Marketplaces is a co-production of Evergreen Podcasts, College Recruiter, and The AIM Group. Please subscribe for free on your favorite app. Review it. Five stars are always nice. And recommend it to a couple of people you know who want to learn more about job boards and recruitment marketplaces. Special thanks to our producer and engineer, Ian Douglas. I'm your host, Peter Zolman of The AIM Group, the leading global consultancy in the field of marketplaces and classified advertising. Find out more about our reports on recruitment marketplaces, job boards, and classifieds, including our new recruitment marketplaces annual at aimgroup.com slash reports. I'm your host, Stephen Rothberg of job search site, College Recruiter. Each year, we help more than 12 million candidates find great new jobs. Our customers are primarily Fortune 1000 companies, government agencies, and other employers who hire at scale and advertise their jobs with us. 
you can reach me at stephen at collegerecruiter.com. Have you ever found yourself scrolling through financial news and wondering, how does any of this affect me? How can I read a major headline and truly understand what impact that has on not only my portfolio, but my life? Well, our goal on the podcast Inside the Street, hosted by Wall Street analyst Sela Shifre Partners, is to provide public investors and young professionals with a deeper understanding of the mechanics that drive those major headlines. And what better way to dive into these mechanics and hosting Wall Street analysts themselves to discuss the newest trends in finance firsthand? Well, on our show, we bring you real perspectives from the front line. Hearing these analysts give commentary has made our listeners much more well-versed on the financial markets. This approach to discussion allows our listeners to engage in conversation with much more educated opinions and predictions. So be sure to check out our show, Inside the Street, wherever you find your podcasts.